so as we look at John, we, we, he's been called the apostle of love. Uh, when, you, when you read John's writings, again, whether it's the epistle of John, or the, uh, the book of John, the gospel of John, or these three letters that John writes to the churches, uh, he's been called the apostle of love. That's a, that's a pretty common theme throughout his writings. We know that he referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Uh, if you read through the New Testament, 20% of all the times that you see or find the word love in the New Testament are found in one of these three epistles of John. So 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 20%, one out of every five. And the book of 1 John that we're going to focus on today or throughout the next few weeks, 1 John contains more mention of love than any other Bible or any other book in the Bible except for the book of Psalms. And so 1 John, it is, if we were to just give it a, a, a title or, or a singular subject, it is the book of love. And so uh, as, we, uh, you know, as we continue on through life, obviously uh, we want to know what God says about love. His love for us, our love uh, for Him, and our love for each other. And uh, we need to know, you know, because this world is going to try to tell us all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of things about those three topics. It's going to try to tell us how God really loves us, and most of the time that's not true. It's going to tell us how we ought to love God, and typically that comes from how it tells us that God loves us. And it's going to tell us what love looks like for each other. But if we're going to love truly, if we're going to love uh, as God loves, then we need to look at Scripture. And uh, when you read the book of 1 John, um, John writes this historically. Uh, he's writing it to, to churches to dispute false teachings in the churches of the day. But I think that John uh, is used by the Holy Spirit in even greater ways than just that, to dispute false teachings. And we'll see a little bit of that as we go through it. Um, so why, again, do we want to study 1 John. And this is, this is what I want us to understand. Just laying some groundwork as we get started. Why are we going to study 1 John? What are the three things that we're going to focus on as we study 1 John? Well, first of all, we're going to look at God's love for us. And that'll be what we look at primarily over the next couple of weeks. But understanding <clears throat> how much God loves us. And understanding the nature of God's love. See, we know that, we know that God loves us. We, it's, it's cliche. We see it all the time. We hear it all the time. But what is the nature of God's love towards us? So we're going to look at God's love for us. Uh, we're going to look at, secondly, our love for Him. The love that we should have for Him. And, and this dovetails nicely as we come off missions month and as we've talked about um, our need to to reach the world and be a part of sharing the gospel and this is a part of it our love for him and then thirdly our love for others our love for others and i believe that as we look at this order this is the order that god uh, kind of places things in first john but it's also the order that i think uh, we need to, to understand things if each one of them is going uh, to help us, if we're going to be able to apply this in life. We've got to understand God's love for us uh, as much as we can with our very finite minds. We need to understand because of that our love for Him. And then in conjunction with that, we understand our love for others. And our understanding of any of these three must be, this. listen, it must be scriptural. If we're, if we're going to understand these uh, three things, it, it can't come from um, what 
man's opinion is. It can't come from our own experiences with other people. Uh, it has to come from Scripture if we're going to be able to know and show uh, true love. Uh, as a believer, you have to be convinced of what God says about His love towards you. Now, I can't, again, I cannot express that uh, strongly enough. You have to be convinced about what God's love is for you, about what the Bible said God's love is for you, and what His feelings towards you are. Um, our love for God. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time talking about that. We were looking at worship, Great Commission worship. Our love for Him must be all. We know that. The great command of worship, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And then our love for others. Uh, if it's to be right and Christ-honoring, it must come from what we know and what we do with those first two. God's love for us and our love for Him. Uh, if our relationships... You know, we, as we think about relationship, and it doesn't matter if it's a friend relationship, uh, it doesn't matter if it's uh, stronger than that, a dating relationship or uh, an engaged relationship, a marriage relationship, every single relationship, no matter how strong it is to some degree, it is centered on love, whatever degree that is. And it doesn't have to be uh, a romantic love. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a love that's going to lead to, to a lifelong relationship, but, but a, a all relationships to some degree are centered on love and it must come from a scriptural foundation if they're to bring glory to God and be long-lasting. And it doesn't matter what that relationship is. It could be a relationship with friends, a relationship with authority, Again, dating relationships, engaged relationships, potential marital relationships. Uh, listen, knowing God's love for you and responding with a true love for Him gives the foundation, the perspective, and the context to truly love others. If we're going to love others the way that God wants us to, again, in whatever context that looks like, then it must start with understanding His love for us and how we ought to love Him as well. So look at 1 John chapter number 1. And look at verse number 1. And as we look at what John says here, we're, we're, let, me, let me introduce the book of 1 John, why, why John uh, is writing these things, why the Holy Spirit uses uh, John to write these things, and then, uh, then we'll bring it home, make it a little bit more practical for us. Uh, 1 John chapter number 1, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, that which was from the beginning. That which was from the beginning. And it's interesting if you go back, and we won't do it now, but at some point I would encourage you, go read the book of 1 John, or read the, the Gospel of John. Um, if you're following the church Bible reading plan, we started in John in the New Testament. If you read John 1, it sounds a lot like this. He uses a lot of the same words. Um, but we won't, we won't do that or, or compare. But I would encourage you to go through John 1 and 1 John 1 and see what you can get in comparison. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things, excuse me, write we unto you, that your joy may be full. 
that your joy may be full. And so as we look at John beginning to write here, and John's going to spend a lot of time talking about love and talking about God's love and talking about uh, our love for Him and our love for each other, but John starts by making sure that those that are reading and to us today, he starts by making sure they understand where he's coming from. The fact that John has authority to write about this. That we ought to listen to what John has to say about love. And he explains that his authority comes from the fact that he was with Jesus. He saw it firsthand. Look back at verse number 1. He says, that which was from the beginning. So talking about Jesus, again in John 1, uh, he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so this is the same type of wording, the same language here. That which was from the beginning, Jesus, which we have heard. So John heard, he, he uses the senses, the experience, the physical experience of being with someone to describe and make sure that we understand that he knows what he's talking about. He says, we were with Jesus, we heard him. He said, that which we have seen with our eyes, we've seen it. Uh, which we have looked upon. So not only did we see it from a distance, but we were right up close and personal. I mean, we, we, we saw it real close. Uh, we studied it. We examined it. We saw it uh, in the morning. We saw him in the evening. We saw him on our good days because he never had bad days. And we saw him on our bad days. Uh, we saw him. Uh, we, we heard him, we've seen him, we looked upon him, and our hands have handled. He was close enough for us to touch him, uh, for us to feel his embrace, for us to feel the hand on the shoulder. We've experienced Jesus. Uh, John had personal experience with Christ, with understanding God's love. And he says, that's why I believe I can speak on this. That's why the Holy Spirit was using him. Uh, you think about John. John was one of the first called by Jesus. You know, you think about when Jesus started calling his disciples, and you read in the Gospels about how he called Andrew and Peter and James and John. He was one of that first group. And John, although probably a younger man, uh, because he outlived all of the other disciples when he was called, but John still willing to give up his profession. You know, the Bible says in Mark that he left. They were, they were just, they were working. They were literally working. They were mending nets. And Jesus said, come follow me. And John, James and John, and we know Peter and Andrew, of course, did the same. They just got up and left. They left their profession. They left the family business to follow Jesus. And so John already had a desire uh, to know Christ and to follow Christ, to love him. But his personal experience with Jesus made it even more. Uh, John, we know John was in that inner circle of disciples. You know, uh, we had the twelve, and then he had the three, Peter, James, and John. They were in that inner circle that Jesus brought in even closer to him uh, to see some specific things. They, they were with Jesus up on the Mount of Transfiguration. John saw that. Uh, they were with Jesus in the bedchamber of Jairus' daughter when he raised her back to life. Just those three guys. John saw that. Um, they were invited with Jesus to go a little farther in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus was praying before he would be betrayed and crucified, uh, Peter, James, and John, all the disciples came with Jesus, but then when Jesus went a little further, he took those three guys with him. So John was very close to Jesus. John was in that inner circle. Uh, he was the closest to Jesus 
at the Last Supper. Uh, hold your place in 1 John. Go to the book of John and look at verse number 13. I don't have this verse for the screen, but John chapter number 13. John chapter number 13. And look at verse number 23. Uh, this is the Last Supper, and Jesus is foretelling His betrayal. Verse th- 23, it says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of His disciples whom Jesus loved. And we'll, we, we know that John never refers to himself by name throughout the Gospel. Whenever he has to talk about himself, that's how he refers to himself. The disciple whom Jesus loved. And he is right there, leaning on Jesus. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should speak uh, ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? So he's the closest to Jesus in proximity, physically. He's closest to Jesus here at the Lord's or the Last Supper. And so uh, John has a closeness. John knew what it was like to be with Jesus. Now look back at 1 John and look at verse number 3. Because then he uses a word to describe his relationship with God, his relationship with the Lord. He uses this word fellowship. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. Now, John wasn't talking about a fried chicken dinner after church one Sunday night, okay? Uh, Not that kind of fellowship. John is talking about a closeness, a, a union, Um, a warmth, a friendship, a partnership, the enjoyment of company, uh, a a relationship that is so close uh, where each member takes a stake in the success of the whole. It's just where it's a united front. John said, we have fellowship with the Father. I have fellowship with the Father because of Jesus. I'm I'm close to Him because of my experience uh, with Him. And so John is giving us his experience and he said this is I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you why I can speak on what I'm about to talk about I can tell you why I'm about to tell you uh, about God's love I can tell you why I'm about to tell you about the love that you should have for him I can tell you now why I'm about to tell you the love that you should have for others because I have that experience I was with Jesus uh, John is going to bring a full message about the love of God for us our love for Him and our love for each other. But to do that, to do that, He has to start, and we need to start, with the greatest example of God's love. If we're going to understand God's love, then John starts with that greatest example, his experience with the personification of God's love, his personal experience with God's love, and that is Jesus Christ. See, what we read here in 1 John, although in those four verses that we just read, they don't, it, you don't see the word love once, but they tie back into other verses in John, in 1 John, that do. Uh, we know God's love, and this is what we need to understand. We know God's love because we see it in Jesus. Yes, we can read about it in Scripture, and we read the facts or the truth of God's love in Scripture. And we're going to look at some of that here in just a moment. But even greater than that, John said, we've we've heard it, we've seen it, we've looked upon it, we've touched it, we've experienced it because of Jesus. God's love, we know God's love because we see it in Jesus. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us 
that we should be called the sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Uh, he hath showed, He hath bestowed, He's given His love to us through Jesus. Verse 16, Hereby perceive we, or we know the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. First John uh, 4, 9 and 10, And this was manifested or revealed. We Again, we know the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Uh, listen, we, 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 we will never and we don't truly know love in our lives apart from Jesus. And we will always struggle to know love in our lives love for us and the ability to show love for others uh, because we don't truly we don't truly know that love we'll, we'll always struggle until we understand what God's love for is as much as we can again uh, we we know we'll never fully understand Ephesians described it as a love that knows no breadth no height no depth, it's beyond understanding. We'll, we'll never fully comprehend it. But until we see at least what God has already revealed to us, we're never going to be able to show love. We're never going to be able to know love like we ought to. Um, let me ask you this. Who is the Jesus that you know? John said, I, I, I've seen Him, I've heard Him, I've looked upon Him. I've, I've, we've touched him, we've handled him. I know who this Jesus is. So who is the Jesus that you know? Who is, who is the God that you know? The God who loves you, the Jesus that, that loves you. Who is that God, that Jesus that you know? If you were to, like John is saying he's doing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if you were, to, if you were asked to declare a message to someone about what you've seen and heard, about what you've experienced with Jesus, what you know in your heart right now about Jesus, what kind of a message would that be? If you were asked to declare a message based on what you had seen and heard and experienced through Jesus Christ, what kind of a message would that be? Because John is saying we're bringing a message to you based on what we have personally experienced through Jesus. It's not hearsay. Uh, it's not what so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so said or experienced or, or thought they heard. No, it's what we have heard. It's what we have seen. It's what we've looked upon closely, examined, studied, found uh, exactly what we needed and what we've touched, what we've felt. So if you were to have to deliver that message, what would it be like? What would you say? What would you have experienced? See, and I think that as we study John here, what we're seeing is someone who was completely convinced of God's love for him. He was completely convinced. There was no doubt in John's mind that Jesus loved him. When John said Jesus, when, when John sang the song, if he ever did, Jesus loves me, this I know. John could not have sang a song that meant that meant more to him because he knew. Uh, I mean, when you, again, we, we mentioned just a minute ago, but when John refers to him, when he, when he refers to himself in, in the book of John, he doesn't refer to himself as just another disciple. He doesn't refer to himself as, you know, just this other guy or the disciple that Jesus called 
third or fourth. Uh, the disciple that was in the inner clan. Uh, that's not how Jesus refers to, or John refers to himself. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I don't think that that was John. Uh, we may look at that and think, well, John was trying to you know, throw it out there in people's faces. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, I think that was John saying, I am so convinced that Jesus loves me that, that that's the only thing that means anything to me. That's what means the most to me is that Jesus Loves me. And if you want to know who I am, John says, it doesn't matter that Jesus called me third or fourth. It doesn't matter that Jesus put me in that inner circle. It doesn't matter that I could be as close to Jesus in that last, uh, last night before his crucifixion. He said, the only thing that matters anything to me is that Jesus loves me. I am the disciple. I am a disciple. And you can say, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, listen, our knowledge of God, knowing God, most of the time, and I, and I speak from personal experience, most of the time our knowledge of God comes from preconceived ideas. It comes from hearsay. Uh, it comes from our personal experience with others. Listen, if what you think you know about God and His love for you comes from your experience with people, then you've got the wrong idea about God. If what you think you know about God's love for you comes from your experience with church leaders or other church experiences, then you've got the wrong idea about God. Because that's not where His love for us comes from. What we know and believe about God is based most of the time on how others have represented Him to us, and it's not based on truth. John said, I did not base on what I believe about God's love because of the kind of person that James was. John didn't say, I, I, I'm not delivering you this message about God's love because of the kind of person that Peter was or that Andrew was. I'm, I'm delivering you this message of God's love because I saw it in Jesus himself. And I know it from Jesus himself. And so for us today, we, we can't see Jesus. He's, he's not physically here with us. He's not audibly speaking to us. He's not physically touching us. But guess what? The same word of life that John said in that first verse that he'd seen and heard and looked on and touched, that's it right here. You, you want to experience Jesus like John did? That's right here. It's right here. It's the word of life. That's what we see that's what we can hear. This is what we can touch. This is what we can handle through the Bible. See, uh, we see God's love through Jesus, or excuse me, we know God's love because we see it in Jesus, and we see God's love through Jesus in God's Word. Again, you can't get your understanding of God's love for you from your experience with the people or your experience in the organization of the church or, or leaders in your life or even, or even family or, or your past spiritual experiences, your knowledge and understanding of God's love for you has got to come from this. It's got to come from this. You want to know that you are the disciple whom Jesus loved, then this is where you start looking. This is where you must look. Uh, we must view God through the complete lens of Scripture and not just our apparent understanding of one passage either. Listen, okay? Because you're going to read in Scripture here, and you're going to find a God who executed judgment. 
You're going to find a God who had wrath and who had anger. You're going to find a God who destroyed the whole world. We just read about the flood in our Bible reading. Uh, that, that God exists, yes, but you've got to understand from Scripture the entire heart of God. The whole heart of God. Knowing, seeing, hearing, touching, experiencing the whole heart of God. God's love for us. Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to save the rest of this for next week because I have so much and I, I, want, you to, I want you to be able to see this and understand this. At the center of God's heart is His love. At the center of God's heart is His love. We find in, in 1 John, 1 John 4, verse 7, John says, God, or verse 8, God is love. God is love. God, God has a lot of things that are a part of His character. We spent, uh, I think right before COVID, we were looking through some of the characteristics of God, some of, the, some of the attributes of God. God has a lot of things, but there are very few things that God says that He is. There are very few things that Jesus say, says, this is my heart. This is, this is at the center of my emotions. If you were to, believe, if you were to cut me, this is what comes out. In my, in, my, in my quick reaction or response to anything, Jesus says, this is what flows out. And it is love. It is love. And that's different from what we think a lot of times. Again, because we base our understanding of God on how we would respond or we would react or other people have responded or reacted towards us. But that's why it's so important that as we look at God's love, we see it in Jesus and we see Jesus in God's word. So next week, we're going to get into a little bit more of that.